Uwe Barschel was the wonderkind of the CDU. He was something like German's John F. Kennedy. He was successful, popular and really young compared to other politicians in Germany. But then there was the campaign trail 87 to become Ministerpräsident of Schleswig-Holstein. The campaign trail became dirty, really dirty. And in the end of the 80s, a photographer of a German news magazine found him dead in a bathtub in Switzerland. What happened to Barschel? Nobody knows. And that's what the, this podcast episode is all about. So I have to say, during this whole Corona thing, you sent me the coolest message of any comedian yet. You said, I can't do it because I'm starting my new job as a bike messenger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, bike messenger. It's it's a dream of mine. It was uh, always a, a job I or, or the guys who are uh, bike messengers I always admired because they look cool and they are kind of the last cowboys. There were never any first cowboys in Germany. We we have Brauerei um, Pferde, brewery horses, brewery <laughs> coaches. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and that was our cowboys, the people who bring the um, beer to the Kneipen. They're doing God's work. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about why we're here. Yeah. Crime. You actually, I had no, I didn't, even, it's weird. I've lived in Germany so long and I knew nothing about this. But but you saw the, the picture before. Well, this is, so we should start off, this is a politician by the name of Uwe Barschel, who on the 11th of October, 1987, was found in a bathtub dead. And I had actually never seen the picture before. I don't think so. I mean, maybe I had seen it. I didn't know about it. I thought that two or three bands have, Uh, him as a cover probably something like this it's that's the thing about this so this the uh, journalist found him at 1243 the journalist was there with the photographer but was yeah. so freaked out by the scene that he didn't even call the photographer and he just started taking pictures himself and this was before <laughs> digital cameras so he just had like a crappy little pocket film camera started taking pictures and this picture it looks like it is an iconic picture it's a dead man in a bathtub his head just above the water And below the water, he has a white dress shirt on, a thin black tie. He looks like a jazz musician who just OD'd on heroin in Paris. Yeah. Like that, he, <laughs> that's a great picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, he looks perfect. It yeah. looks almost too perfect. And I think that's part of why this case became such a big deal. It's just this crazy, perfect picture. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy, perfect picture. And, uh, the location is important too, to become this mystical, um, conspiracy theory kind of thing. Yeah. So he's in, they found him in Geneva, Switzerland in a luxury hotel. Yeah. And I was convinced I've only been to Geneva once and I stayed in a hotel that had the exact same view as this hotel. I was like, Oh my God, I've stayed in that hotel. It's the same hotel. And then I finally looked at the picture. There's about, <laughs> there's like 10 hotels right there. It's right on the water in Geneva and the spout goes up. It's like every hotel in Geneva is right there. Yeah. I was in like the discount hotel next door. The hotel strip where uh, you go when you want to sell guns or, or make uh, weapon deals or you have to uh, wash your um, tax money and when you want to make a movie. <laughs> it's, it's the three things you have to, uh, you can do in this hotel. Now, and you could do all of them at once. You don't have to. Yeah. You can okay. just do, you know, you get up in the morning, sell some weapons, wash some money, and then film, make a film in the afternoon. Yeah. Launder some money. So he was a, a member of the CDU, the Christian Democrats, which are basically the Republicans of Germany. They're the conservatives, close to business. 
he was found on the 11th of October, but only nine days before that, he had actually resigned as the head of the state of Schleswig-Holstein, which how many, actually, how many, this was West Germany, so how many states were there in West Germany? Eight? No. Nine? Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, overeducated German boy. Uh, I think, um, yeah, it, it was less. Yeah, There's uh, 16 now. Let's go with 10. No, 11. Was it 11? Okay. Because Berlin was a state when there's a GDR. Yeah. And so... East Germany. Thüringen, Sachsen-Anhalt, Sachsen, Brandenburg, and Mecklenburg-Vorpommern, five. So 11 states. Yeah. Let's go with 11 states. Yeah, I hope so. I have an American education. I have an excuse. And, and you have so many states, you can't even... It's, it's okay when you say how many states America have and you don't have to name everything. Yeah, you don't have to name all, but you have to name. Anyway, he was the head of Schleswig-Holstein, which is sort of like the Wisconsin of Germany. It's just mostly cows. Nobody really thinks about it, but he was head of this. Yeah, but, but there's the uh, ocean. Both oceans. Yeah. The Baltic and the Atlantic. And so it's, it's every, every German uh, has uh, made vacation, vacation there or yeah. spent their holidays in Schleswig-Holstein. And well, everybody um, in Chicago make, does vacation in Wisconsin. So. Okay, yeah. And uh, Schleswig-Holstein uh, is the home of Werner Beinhardt, the only comic strip that's funny in Germany. Yeah, but nobody and nobody outside of Germany, it's a dude who drinks Flensburg beer and drives his motorcycle. He's basically a biker. Yeah. It's a biker. It's a... It's a Werner Hardleg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Ger Germany is so... Uh, so peinlich. It's funny. When I was an exchange student, I loved Werner. I thought he was hilarious. He is hilarious, but uh, it's sad that he's the only hilarious comic strip I remember. From the, yeah. Yeah. But okay. So he, this is partially, he was head of, uh, he was head of this state where Werner is from. <laughs> there's two oceans, that, well, there's a sea and an ocean. And he resigned because he had at some point when he was, he was running for, there was an election. He's running for this election, and he had sort of hired this kind of sketchy journalist to dig up dirt on his opponent, who was an SPD, the kind of the Democrats of Germany, a guy named uh, Bjorn Engholm. Yeah. So he hired this sketchy journalist who was named Rainer Pfeiffer to dig up dirt. And Rainer Pfeiffer was kind of, he was a little brutal. He like, he called this Engholm, this SPD candidate, and told him that he had, he got AIDS. He wanted to like make him doubt his own presence by saying, oh, yeah, you were this doctor and you've got AIDS. And then he tried to spread rumors that he was having gay sex parties or that he was just having affairs. Like he was just playing well, dirty tricks, Nixon called them. Yeah. He was doing all this stuff. And the funny thing is, it's like um, when Germans want to play the thing that the Americans make in politics. Dirty trick doing that. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the Nixon guy of the guy who uh oh you're gonna go for watergate uh no 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 who helped trump roger stone ah pfeiffer was like the german roger stone yeah okay and um but but pfeiffer didn't didn't dig, dig so deep it's like um he wants to play this kind of guy but he's he hasn't uh the, the contacts yeah so he just had to make stuff up and make goofy phone calls yeah so what came out is that this pfeiffer guy uh the cdu had paid this pfeiffer dude to come up with to try to sort of discredit this component for the SPD. The day before the election, Dash Spiegel, this big news magazine in Germany, comes out with a story that the CDU had hired this guy 
to do dirty tricks during the campaign. And uh, Barshall, our victim here, straight up, it's on the other side. Mm. Sorry, there's somebody looking for a water bottle here. <laughs> uh, so Barshall, and Barshall has this legendary press conference where he comes out and he says, I give you my honest word, I did not hire Pfeiffer to do this. Yeah. And it's a big scandal because first off, Der Spiegel is basically getting involved in the election. They, they're trying to help sway the election by bringing this stuff out. And uh, then it's weird that this politician paid this sketchy, Ron Stone-like uh, figure yeah. to discredit. And so then eventually... Uh, he lost. Uh, and then after he loses the election, nine days later, he kills himself in, in this hotel in Switzerland. Yeah. Except, Barshall, the person, is problematic. Because not only was he... He was the super young, super successful uh, politician... There's a documentary about him which shows you how powerful he was because uh, Helmut Kohl is in the documentary. And it's not like Kohl is doing documentaries after he resigned. He was not, you didn't see him very much. Yeah. But Kohl was willing to come out and talk about this guy, makes fun of him. He says at one point, yeah, Barshall was just one of the other, one of the many that came through my office and said, I'm going to have your position someday. <laughs> and he kind of laughed. But Barshall was also involved in arms dealing pretty heavily. Yeah. 19 times he went over to East Germany. Uh, to this hotel Neptune, which is like super swank Nept uh, hotel on the Baltic Sea, and he got the super cool like honeymoon room with a round bed and a mirrors on the ceiling. He was living, you know, he was a baller back then before there were ballers. Yep. And in the documentary, one of the documentaries I watched, I watched way too many documentaries about this. They make it act like he snuck across the border to East Germany. But if you're the head, if you're one of the 16 or 11 top politicians at the time in Germany, you're not sneaking across the East German border. I think in, in the late 80s or mid 80s, uh, every uh, West German could easily go over the border. But they're going to write it down. They're going to write it down, but but they don't ask you. My my, my family at that time uh, visited three or four times my uh, other family in, in the GDR, and they didn't even have passports with them. They just walked across. Yeah. It, it's, everybody knew it was the end of the GDR. Did you go to the Hotel Neptune? No, I, 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 go ne uh, I never go to or never went to uh, the GDR because I was too small. <laughs> I guess it's true. You're younger than like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, you're younger. Only my, my older, older you brother. You had to be a certain height to get into East Germany? Like you, yeah. you may only ride this country if you're this tall? Yeah, that's true. Really? Because when, when you're too young and the potholes, um, then you... Uh, <laughs> you just disappear in the potholes in the yeah. street? It's it's not safe. <laughs> What town were your relatives in? Uh, Zeit, uh, near Leipzig, I think. Yeah, it's Sachsen, Saxony. Saxony. Are they still there? Uh, I think so, yeah. You don't talk to them? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I like how self-assured you are. Who Nobody talks to them. That's the past. Yeah, okay. He uh, make weapon deals with the GDR. Yeah, so he went over to East Germany. He made these weapon deals to sell weapons probably to Iran. And he was also involved in uh, selling submarines to South Africa. Yeah. Which, wow, really filthy. Like, at the time in the 80s, everybody, nobody liked South Africa. Like... No, they, nobody but the CDU. Yeah, nobody but Germans. Germans. Yeah. The thing is, like, in the 80s, because I was old enough to go to East Germany in the 80s, uh, South Africa was hated. Like, you respected and had fear for Russia, but you just hated South Africa. And then here's Germany selling them submarines. Yeah. And this guy, Barshall, is the one doing it. And selling arms, arms to Iran, which also not a good idea back then. 
And then he turns up dead in a Swiss hotel room in the town where, as you said, that's where you go to do arms deals. Yeah, it's a perfect, perfect scenery for a big political conspiracy. But otherwise, I think uh, Franz Josef Strauss, a big leader of the uh, Bavarian CDU, yeah. also uh, sells U-Boote. Uh, what, what? Submarines. Submarines. <laughs> it sounds so cool when you say U-Boot, though. Fuck, fuck. And everybody knows what an U-Boot is. That's one of those German words that everybody knows. Oh, okay, yeah. That's that's the good thing the Nazis did. <laughs> that everybody knows what a U-Boot is. <laughs> no, that's why that I think the, the, the second thing was the Iran-Contra affair. Yep. Where, where he's... Uh, The way he was he was involved in it. That was part of the the CIA washing money to send to the Contras in Nicaragua yeah. by selling arms to Iran. That was exactly the deal he was involved in. Yeah, that's crazy. I even didn't know that before the podcast, and uh, that's really crazy. I didn't actually when I started researching this whole thing. I didn't know that till later on. I was way into the South African uh, submarine thing. I was way into the Hotel Neptune with his East German girlfriends, and then yeah, it comes out basically the son of the Ayatollah Khomeini. Said, oh, yeah, 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 I bought guns from him. We bought stuff from him. Yeah. And then part of what Helmut Kohl says and other politicians, like you're saying, what's well, so your point about Franz Josef Strauss is he sold weapons to, he did not end up dead in a bathtub in Switzerland. And that's, but a lot of people have said that, like, he's, this isn't the only guy who was involved in these deals. But the night before Barshall had left his wife in Spain, nobody really knew where he was flying after that. Uh, and mm. he just sort of arrived in Geneva to meet these journalists who he was supposed to meet with the next day. And they ran into him at the airport, but he just spoke English with them. Okay, yeah. yeah. He just spoke English with them. And he told everybody he was meeting some guy named Roloff, who was gonna, uh, had evidence that proved he was not involved in this whole Pfeiffer thing. Yeah. This Roloff guy had evidence that he was not involved in the Pfeiffer thing and he would be exonerated and then could become a politician again, apparently. Mm hmm. Nobody knows who Roloff is. Roloff never surfaced after Barshall was found dead in the bathtub. But there's a lot of weird things with Barshall's death. They found eight different drugs in his body. There was weird drugs on the towels in the hotel room. I wrote down, I don't even know, I don't even know if I can right pronounce these things. One of the towels in the hotel room, what did this thing have on it? Dimethyl sulfoxide. I failed chemistry. I, I heard a, a podcast of um, a doctor who um, made the autopsy yeah. of Barshall and uh, he said that Barshall took an advanced cocktail to, yeah, to, to make to uh, commit suicide to commit suicide because he uh, take drugs that will uh, relax your body that you can't uh, vomit yeah. and then he make, uh, take so many drugs that the normal uh, when you don't take the relaxing drugs you have to vomit Right. So he, he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly which drugs to take. Yeah. And in which, um, order that nothing will happen, that, that everything will happen what he wants to. And that this is the dimethyl sulfoxide is the drug that you take so that you don't vomit. It's, yeah. Yeah. That, and they found it on two towels that were kind of, it looked like what had happened. He'd slipped on this towel and like kicked it into the corner of the bathroom. That's what they said. Okay, yeah. So that was what was found was this drug. And he had, in the weeks leading up to this supposed suicide, contacted the German Association for Humanitarian Dying to find out how to kill yourself, basically. Yeah. And that's what he took were all these drugs, cyclobarbital, 
pyrethylodion diphenhydramine, which is actually, I take for allergies, Valium. And he had been on this drug called Tavor for years, mm-hmm. which is just basically a calming drug. He was like a total addict. He took huge amounts of this Tavor. And that's uh, the second thing that reminds me on, uh, of um, American politics. Because you, you always hear that uh, the politics are on drugs in America. So about Nixon, for example, they say Nixon was on uh, Trevor too and was a heavy uh, alcoholic. Everybody was taking Tavor at the time. Yeah. It, it was weird to me. That's an American thing. Like people here, like all my friends in America are on some uh, antidepressant. They're yeah. all, and they can sit and talk. Like you and I would probably talk about uh, comedians. They talk about pharmaceuticals. Yeah. And so I thought it was weird too that this guy who was on this Tavor forever, and he was a fairly successful up until this summer, up until that October, he was a very successful uh, politician. And maybe we have to say that he was really young. For a German politician, he was really young. I think uh, he was in his mid-30s. Yeah. And uh, he has had the chance to uh, become the leader of Schleswig-Holstein with uh, 35, 36 or something. Yep. And that's huge for Germany. So He was very young. His <laughs> opponent also, though, Engholm, was also very young. And they looked identical. The weird thing is they could have just been like, I think if one of them had shown up at home at night, their wives wouldn't have been able to tell them apart. Yeah. They, they looked identical, these two guys. They looked like yuppies, like we used to call them yuppies in the 80s. Yeah. Like kind of a little bit longer, feathery hair, nice suits, drove around in BMWs, I'm sure. Yeah. They were nice looking guys, but he was so successful. And that's why we're, we're selling this big as a suicide. People really are not convinced it's a suicide because all of these drugs were found in his hotel room, but the boxes disappeared. Nobody's found out, like he had all these drugs in his system, but there was no proof of them in the hotel room. The Swiss authorities went in and said they found them initially, but then they just lost them. They have no idea where they are. I, I heard from the doctor who made this autopsy, uh, he read the, um, the reports of the Swiss police. And the Swiss police, they came in the hotel room and they immediately they saw, uh, thought that has to be suicide. And so they made really huge mistakes If you uh, look at it, or if you, if you think it was a homicide, then the Swiss police made huge mistakes, and they would have they, they would have probably acted differently. Yeah, but but for the Swiss police, it was uh, clear that it has to be suicide, and so they um, throw things away. They let clean the, the hotel room, and uh, they had lunch in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's shocking when when you when you think it, it uh, or when you think it's a homicide and then you read what the Swiss police made in the hotel room you thought what the fuck but when you uh, read it like oh they thought it was suicide then everything is you kind of have sympathy for them yeah it it's it's kind of fucked up of course because there's a, a human body and um, you have to be a little bit dignity. That's how we raised, but yeah, the Swiss police didn't have the things. They did not. And there was a wine bottle. He ordered wine the night before. Nobody could find the wine bottle. Le Chatbot, I think it's called. Le Chat, the cat is the name yeah. of the wine. Nobody could find the bottle, but he, only one of the glasses was used. So that kind of goes away with the theory that there were other people there drinking wine with him or that there was somebody else in the room with him. There was only one glass where the wine glass was used. And uh, to make to close the end on the suicide thing, 
part of this, uh, the German Association for Humanitarian Dying, what they say is to take the series of drugs, all of these drugs, and get in a bathtub because then you become unconscious and you slip below the surface. And then in addition to everything in your body, you also drown. Mm. So that explains why he was in the bathtub with his clothes on, fully dressed. Yeah, and, and the thing with his clothes on is uh, at first sight curious too, but then you have to think about it that uh, Barshall is... Life is dedicated to how the... How he's perceived. Yeah. And that's why you want to look good. He looks great. Yeah. And you want to look great when you know you will be found dead. So if his goal was to commit suicide and look good doing it, yeah, both achieved. Yeah. <laughs> check, check. Yeah. It's, it's the old school suicide thing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's the way our grandfathers would have killed themselves. Yeah. Or, or like... Like in a, a Roman Empire, they they um, make suicide, made suicide like a happening. So there, you you clean your room. You, you thought about how you can uh, get a will. Yeah, and and how how your furniture or uh, have has to be in as wie deine Möbel stehen so. You have to arrange your furniture. Yeah, he did because actually, the, I mean, the journalist went into the hotel room at first and was just like, "Where is this guy?" Didn't seem wasn't until he like he just happened to kind of like peek in the bathroom. And I was like, and it's because the room was all clean. It was nice. There was a, there was like Kant sitting on the bed. No, it was, it was some philosopher. There was a book of some philosopher on the bed. Yeah. If somebody asks you, what do you think happened to Barshall? What, what's your, what do you think happened? Do you think he killed himself or was he murdered? Uh, he killed himself. This is a problem. Like I was hoping to come into this and you would be like, no, he was totally murdered. It's a conspiracy. The world sucks. And because I think it all points so obviously to suicide. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I thought to myself, um, in the last couple of months, because uh, of this corona conspiracy theory thing, when I was younger, I, I think he was killed. So yeah. I I thought to myself, why I am not that open anymore for uh, conspiracy th theories? It really was fun. Conspiracy <laughs> theories was fun back in the days, you know? You have something like Iran-Contra affairs, you have um, the Cold War. It, it was a lot of fun. And and now I'm, I'm so... It's yeah. not even being hard because you're not cynical now. You're just bored, I think. No, I think if you become older, you're more like, um, ah, no, that's life. You I know? think you see... I, 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 when, when you're younger, you have more uh, ideals. And that's why you say, no, that that can't happen. It's It has to be a conspiracy because the people are not that dumb. And then when you get older, you're saying so. Ah, nah. no, they are. They are definitely <laughs> yeah. that dumb. And he, he, to be fair, he was actually involved. I always forget this guy's name. Alexander Shalkolodkovsky, who was the big East German arms dealer. This guy was like, he, his job in East Germany was to sell or manage arms, either East German goods or manage transactions like selling Russian AK-47s. Chalkotokovsky, he sold stuff basically to raise hard currencies for East Germany. Yeah. That was his job. Probably put half of the funds in his own pocket. Just a big, overweight, gross dude. Yeah. And so Barshall was involved with him. And if there is one organization that does actually kill people by drowning them in a bathtub in Switzerland, well, he didn't drown him by filling them full of drugs in Switzerland, it would be the Stasi, the East German secret police. Yeah. Like, to be fair... They are the ones that would do that. And he was involved with them through this guy, Alexander Shokolodkovsky. The, the funny thing is, the main problem that everybody thought back in the days that Barshall killed himself, and killed not himself, he was uh, killed, was because of the wife of Barshall. Von Bismarck. Yeah. 
But she was like a distant von Bismarck. She's not directly related to Bismarck. Bismarck. Yeah, a, a great niece or something yeah. like that. But she was uh, the person behind um, publishing the autopsy um, His autopsy file. report, yeah. Yeah, the autopsy report. Um, she gave it to uh, the newspapers. And she was it who paid for it. Because in Germany, nobody wants to uh, make autopsy everybody thought hey it's the swiss people the swiss police already did it they said it's a suicide it's a suicide why we have to do they it. had a party in his room while they were removing the body yeah and um his uh, Baschitz wife said no no no, it has to be a homicide and she engagierte yeah she, she made sure that the best um doctors in germany or criminal doctors in germany looked at the body of Barschel. and that's raising the the homicide Index why, uh, that much higher. There's also two prosecutors from Schleswig-Holstein who've looked at the case. Yeah. One prosecutor says it was suicide, and the other prosecutor still says murder. Yeah. So it goes both ways, and she still says murder. I think. Yeah, yeah the whole family think it's it's murder. And it, it's presented that he married. He knew he was marrying a von Bismarck. He intentionally married. Like he married into money, basically. Into money and into the uh, big German history. Yeah. And then the one other thing that I definitely want to talk about was this Rainer Pfeiffer, this little journalist, your, your Roger Stone. Yeah. I think I called him Ron Sorry, It's Roger Stone. This guy, because I have to admit, like at some level, I wish this was me. Like I always kind of want to be a dirtbag, you know? Like he, so this guy gets money from the CDU to, to play Roger Stone against, uh, Engholm, Bjorn Engholm. You know, you're in Northern Germany when the people have Scandinavian names. Yeah. So he gets money from the CDU to bring up dirt on that guy. Then what actually comes out later on is that the SPD knew about him and they were giving him money to admit that he was doing dirty tricks against them. Yeah. Which then of six years later, this comes out that the SPD was actually involved in this whole thing. Uh, and Engholm has to resign. Yeah. It's, it's really funny because after that, the SPD had never such, this, this such huge influence in Schleswig-Holstein. Yeah. It's like, I'm telling you, it's Wisconsin, nobody cares. Suddenly, everybody cares. Yeah. So he gets money from the CDU, gets money from the SPD, and Der Spiegel, the magazine, they still say this is not true, but it's been proven. They paid him for the story. They paid him 100,000 marks, 50 grand, or 200,000 marks, I think, maybe even. Yeah. So he made like a quarter of a million on this thing. And he's just some alcoholic who smokes too much. It's And it's, it's, it's the second guy who uh, made a fortune with... Um, Years before that, there was this guy with the uh, Hitler Tagebücher. Also, a guy who sold Stern, Stern Magazine. That's weird, actually. Actually, yeah. Stern Magazine, this guy wrote, just made, made up fake uh, diaries, Hitler's diary. Yeah. We could do an episode on that thing. Yeah. He course, wrote a yeah. Hitler diary, sold it to Stern Magazine. It was huge. And it was the same thing. It was fake. It was the same thing. It was a filthy, slimy asshole who loves Hitler and who loves Göring and wants to have money to buy Göring's um, boat and uh, fix it and restore it. I didn't know all these details. Wow. And and because he wants to have this money, he uh, faked this Hitler diary thing, sell it to the Stern and it's, it's really impressive how much the big money in journalism in the 80s in Germany so you, you you can't sell everything in the 80s. Every journalist in, in the 80s and in the 70s have a, a Spesen book. They had expenses, yeah. Yeah, and they can 
made up everything to to go, uh, to pay someone. I only ever once had an expense account, but it wasn't to pay sources. It was just to buy cheap magazines at the, at the train station. Yeah, I had one in uh, Egypt, and I really <laughs> every night I uh, drank every beer in the mini bar. Have we covered everything on Barcel? I think so, but uh, you have to look at the photo and ask yourself if uh, is this a homicide or is it a suicide. I'm so disappointed. I really thought you were going to come here and be like, oh, he was murdered. He was murdered by the Stasi. He was murdered. There's even a CIA connection. Like, he may have been murdered by the CIA because of the Iran-Contra affair. Uh, I, I think my problem is I don't like the CDU. And I don't like the CDU that much that I think, nah, a CDU politician can't be killed because he would look good in this you know <laughs> he went the suicide just so he looks bad yeah i like that the one thing i guess one i, I, I don't want to to talk about the cdu politician as a victim in the you group. know yeah so that that's that's why i say no when it for example when it uh, be engholm who was in the bathtub i would say engholm got killed he was murdered yeah. that poor bastard yeah When you watch these, or when I watch these documentaries, they try to build the tension that we would did not have here. Like they really present it as a murder. Yeah, I know. And the and the one thing they always say is like there was no reason for him to go to Geneva. There was no reason for him to go to Geneva. Why did he pick Geneva? Why did he fly from vacation with his wife to Geneva? And then somewhere near the end of the documentary, this guy Ike Barshall, his brother, shows up and is like, "Well, yeah, I was there with his kids, and we were supposed to go to the circus that night." Yeah. <laughs> so you're like. Why have I just watched six hours of documentary where you're telling me there's no reason for him to go to Geneva? Meanwhile, his brother and his kids, like not Arca, Ica Barshall's kids, but Uva Barshall's kids. Yeah. Little von Bismarck's are in Geneva with their uncle waiting to go to the circus. So that's why he was in Geneva. Yeah. And, and it's, to be honest, if you uh, think or th thought that uh, Barshall did not kill himself and got murdered, then you don't know what the CDU is. Because the CDU is always international um, networking. They always have this little filthy deals behind their profession as politicians. It's right now they're involved. Uh, like half of this was well, not half the CDU. Like I think five CDU politicians now have resigned. And we have the second Barshall. It's like it's like the Barshall story too. Because we have a CDU, uh, a female CDU politician who is involved in this. Uh, corruption deals with uh, corona masks yeah and she's involved with uh, meeting some people in azerbaijan and um, lobbying for azerbaijan in a german bundestag yeah and then she's flying to cuba in the pandemic in a during the pandemic during the pandemic she's flying to cuba with his uh, with her husband and then she's flying back from cuba And she uh, got a heart attack in the plane. Oh, that's right. Collapsed in the plane and died on the plane before the plane could uh, rescue landing in Dublin. Oh, you know what? I saw that story. I should have learned. And that. that's the story where, where I think there's a bigger possibility that she got killed. She knew who killed Uva Barshall. Yeah. And that's, but, but uh, I only tell it because uh, I want to prove that for a CDU politician, it's normal to fly around the world just to get 50 euros, you know? 
that's like their, their kind of life. So if you can make a good deal, you made, make that deal. So she was involved in and with all these other people, they have, they sold Corona masks to the government. They're, they're in the parliament. Yeah. They're elected officials. And then they are selling medical masks to the German government, which is basically the definition of corruption. Yeah. So like five of them resigned and this one woman died under mysterious circumstances in an airplane. I think we will make uh, some more episodes about this uh, CDU corruption. Well, we've got at least one now. Yeah, that's the first. And the next one would be uh, will be more um, straight on. <laughs> okay, Thomas. So, Danke schön. Danke. Ciao. Yeah, sorry. The, uh Thank you.